Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Are you ready for the end times? Do you realize that our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, He commanded us that we would be ready for that day when He returns to take up believers into the heavens before the wrath of God comes. He expects, He commands, in fact, He demands if we're going to be found faithful that we would be ready for that day. And therefore, if you are a type of person that says, well, the end times, they just don't interest me. I think in the end, everything will pan out okay. So I'm not going to study about the last days. I'm not going to look in the scriptures to see what is truly said and revealed by Paul, by Yeshua himself, by the prophets. And therefore, I'm just going to hope and believe that in the end, everything will be okay. If that's your attitude, you will be deceived by the enemy. You will not be found in a pleasing state when Messiah comes to gather up his congregation of the redeemed, in other words, the church. So we need to pay close attention to what Messiah said. What Yeshua commanded his disciples to do. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Matthew and chapter 24. The book of Matthew and chapter 24. Now, God willing, we are going to complete this 24th chapter. And we're going to see here a summary statement. Summary in the sense that he's telling us how we need to respond to all the things that he's taught us in this 24th chapter. This is important information. And if you're wise, if you truly love the Lord, if you want to be found in a way that God will be well-pleased and you'll have that testimony that you should, doing the things that will bring him honor and glory, then you're going to take seriously what is said in this passage. So look with me, as I said, to Matthew 24, and we're going to begin with verse 43. He says, know this. Now, many times people give us advice, and they might have the best intentions. But their advice may be helpful, it may not be. They may be making statements based upon an incorrect perspective. They may not know what they should, but we're not talking about someone else. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the one who is the ruler over all things. Nothing happens without his permission. And what does he say here as this section begins? He says, but know this. And when Messiah tells you you should know something, 
You better be listening, you better be paying attention, and you better be an individual that believes that this is important, that this is vital. So look again, verse 43. But know this, that if the master, and this would be the ruler of a home, of a state, a person that has resources, it says that if the master of the house knew at what hour, and this is a night watch, it is specifically a time in the evening, and traditionally, there were four such periods. That is, every night was breaking into four night watches. And it says here, if the master of that house, if he knew at what time during the night, what watch during the night, that the thief comes, what would he do? It says, he would watch and not allow that his house be broken into. So we need to be watching. In fact, Messiah says that to the disciples several different times in several different ways. Sometimes he says, take heed, watch, look out, beware. But over and over we have that instruction that we should not be idly just living out our life with no thought concerning when these events of the last days, and specifically when Messiah is going to return to gather up his congregation, we need to be watching. Watching for what? Well, that answer to that question isn't difficult. We need to be watching for the things that he taught us. Now, we've learned in verses 6 through 15, Messiah is speaking to the disciples about the disciples. What disciples specifically in those last days are going to experience, what they're going to see, and therefore he's telling us, look for these things. This is what we should be watching for, these prophetic indicators that not only the prophets, but in this context, what Messiah taught, what he revealed would happen. These wars and rumors of wars, ethnic groups rising up against other ethnic groups, nation against nation. There will be famines and earthquakes and pestilence in the plural, meaning diseases. And it is going to bring about great instability. So he says, we need to watch. Look again, middle of verse 43. He says, watch. Because if that master of the house was watching, he would not allow his house to be broken into. Verse 44. On account of this, you be, and once again, it's a command. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. What does he say? You be ready. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready for these events? When this difficult time, and we talked about wars and rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, pestilence, but you know what else Messiah reveals? He reveals that there is coming a time of intense persecution for those who name the name Yeshua. Those who speak, do what is pleasing to him, who belong to 
a covenantal relationship with God through Messiah. These individuals are going to be persecuted, and hopefully that means you and me, that we are part of that congregation, and we're going to have the privilege to testify in the midst of persecution and endure and manifest our faith to others because we're willing to suffer for our faith. So ask yourself a question. Are you ready? Are you prepared? And the only way to be prepared is through studying the Word of God and prayerfully asking God to prepare you, to give you that insight, that wisdom, that strength, that fortitude, that fervency, that when difficult things happen, that you will testify in a way that honors Him. So he says, verse 44, on account of this, you be ready because the hour that the Son of Man comes, he says, you do not know. Now, this is not the normal word for knowing something. The word oida or the word gnosko, it's a different one. And it's a word which means to seem. It's a word that speaks about when one relies upon their own knowledge, their own perspective, their own understanding. And what he says is this. When it comes to Messiah's return, and we are not, in this passage, we are not talking about the second coming. We're talking about the blessed hope, the rapture. And what he says is this. Left to our own point of view, Messiah will come at a time that does not seem right, that does not make sense, that is not correct in our perspective. So realize that. We have to have, if we're going to be ready, his perspective. Paying attention to what he's taught, those prophetic indicators, what he has taught in this passage. So the Son of Man, he's coming, but a coming at a time that doesn't seem right to us. And let me say, and we'll talk more about this next week when we look at the parable of the ten virgins, but there, what surprises the virgins? And the virgins parallel the church. It's not that Messiah came earlier, but that he was delayed, meaning delayed from their perspective. They thought he would already be back, already coming to take them, but they were wrong. So what was surprising was his delay. Look again at our text. It says, verse 45, Therefore, who is the faithful and wise servant? You know, my hope is that you can say and demonstrate and that God would agree with you. I am that, that faithful and wise servant. That's our objective. That's what we are pursuing. That's what we should be praying for. That's what we should be studying for. To be found at that time when the heavens open up and Messiah with that shout of the ram's horn, the shofar, when he gathers up his congregation, the body of believers, that he would say to you and to me that we are that faithful and wise servant. Now, the question is, how do I become that? How can I make that a reality for my future and for my eternity? Well, he's going to tell us. Look again, verse 45. 
Therefore, who is the faithful and wise servant? The one whom his Lord. Now there's a change. Up until this time, we saw, for example, in the first verse, he used a word which speaks about the master, that steward, that manager of a home and a state. And now it changes. He doesn't use that word any longer. He uses the word for Lord. And this tells us that this has spiritual implications to it, that it points to him. And notice what it says. Who is that, that faithful and wise servant whom his master, his Lord, will, will place over, meaning giving him a position of authority over all, notice what it says, over all that uh, he has over his possessions. And what does he expect? He says, in order that, this is the impl uh, implication, to give to them over his servants, and that's that word. Now, some, some of the translations have a word which means over his household, but literally, if we look at it carefully in the Texas Receptus, that Greek text, it's over servants. So the scripture says, who's that wise and faithful servant whom the Lord, his Lord, will place over his his possessions and his servants to give to them food in its season. Now, he doesn't answer that in this moment. What he says is this, now verse 46. Blessed is that servant. Now he's going to tell us how we become that faithful and wise servant. What is incumbent upon us to do? What is his expectations for a wise and faithful servant? Well, he's going to tell us in this verse, verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, he finds him doing thus. So after that Lord, that master, obviously, in this account, it's a, a reference to Yeshua. And it says very clearly here, if we're faithful and wise, what is he going to do? He is going to put us, give us authority over his possessions, his assets. Now, we're going to learn something. We're going to learn when we get into chapter 25 in a few weeks, we're going to see there's a, a parable about those who are good stewards of talents. And we're speaking about talents as, as money, as assets, financial possessions. And we know that there's going to be three such servants. And two of them are going to do well, one is not. And what we learn is this. Those who are faithful and wise, good stewards, true to the will of their master. He is going to appoint such people over much. So the more faithful, the wiser that you demonstrate your commitment to God's purposes, the more you're going to have in regard to authority in that millennial kingdom. Now, here's something that uh, I had never heard of until going to Eastern Europe and encountering the Eastern Orthodox Church, but they have a false teaching. And that is this, during the millennial kingdom, the church will be in the heaven, but Messiah will be ruling over that kingdom from Jerusalem. 
That's a false teaching. Nowhere is that taught in the scripture. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that where he is, we shall be forever. So when he takes us to himself, we are going to be with him forever. That means if someone dies today in the faith, although their body will de decay in the ground or whatever happens to it, their soul is to be present with the Lord. And they will always be present at the time of the rapture. They'll get a new body. Those who are still alive at the time of the rapture, they are going to be changed, transformed, receive their new body, and they're going to as well rise up. Right after the dead who are in Messiah, their bodies, their new bodies rise up. And we're all going to meet the Lord in the air and to be with him forever. There's no separation. Nowhere is that taught in the scripture. So as we show ourselves wise, show ourselves faithful, doing what he commands us to do, not for the purpose of being saved, but because we have been saved, not in order to find favor, but because we have found favor with him through our salvation experience as a consequence, an outcome, a result of salvation. So he says, look again, blessed is that servant that, that after his Lord comes, he finds him doing thus. Look now to verse 47. Truly I say to you, this is God speaking, giving us revelation that we need to know. If we are faithful, if we are wise, if we're good student, stewards of what God has entrusted us to do, he says, verse 47, truly I say to you that over all his possessions over everything he will place him now when i say everything that is the allotment that god has for an individual that we if we're faithful and wise we will receive what god had had purpose for us and that's what he's saying here so in the first part he says that a faithful and wise servant what does he do he treats properly his fellow servants. And in doing so, when that master comes and finds him doing thus, he's going to appoint him over all that he has. This is the promise to, to us. But notice something else. He says in verse 48, but if that evil servant. Now notice there's only two possibilities. When, when God looks at us, He's either going to see a faithful and wise servant who is doing what he should be doing, fulfilling the expectations of his Lord, his master, or he is going to see an evil servant. No position in between. And we need to pay close attention to what Messiah is going to reveal because there's many people who think that, that they are a servant of God. They are not. There's many people believe that they belong, that they have been saved, but they have not because they have believed an incorrect gospel, not based upon scriptural truth. And they're not servants. In fact, they're, they're evil. And this is what the scripture is going to tell us. So look again, verse 48. But if that evil servant should say in his heart, my Lord delays to come. Now, did you hear that? This is the second time I've mentioned 
We'll see it this week, right now, and then next week in the parable from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 10, the parable of the ten virgins, we'll see again that what the scripture reveals in regard to Messiah's coming to gather up his bride, the church, what we need to realize that it's going to appear that he is delayed. He's not coming earlier. His coming's not going to surprise us because it's so early. No. If we're not walking in faith, if we're not watching those signs, if we're not doing what we should, it's going to appear to those who are not in God's will that the coming, and again, we're speaking of the rapture, is delayed. That's what he says. And what are the non-believers going to be doing? Those who are false believers, those who are not true servants, but evil servants, what does he say? If they should say in their heart, my Lord delays to come. Now look at verse 49. When they think and they begin to scoff and saying, he's not really coming, what do they do? And they begin to beat their fellow servants and to eat and to drink with who? Now eating and drinking is an idiom for fellowship. It has to do with association whom you're close to, who you identify with. And it says here, they begin to beat their fellow servants, meaning they betray other believers. They beat, they are no longer thinking and doing based upon what is their Lord's desire. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that, that the Lord wants certain so-called believers to be beaten others? Absolutely not. This manifests something, and we're going to see it in no uncertain terms. So their actions when Messiah is delayed, that's their perspective. He's coming right on time from God's will. He's waiting until the Father sends him. But from a worldly standpoint, those who are not operating in prophetic truth, it's going to seem to them that he's delayed. And what are they going to do? They are going to begin to beat their fellow servants, and to associate, to be identified, to fellowship, eating and drinking with who? Drunkards. Those who do not know the truth, do not have a proper perspective. Now look at verse 50. And the Lord of that servant, when he comes, what's he going to do? When Messiah, this is the Lord we're speaking about. When he comes, what is he going to do to that servant? In the day, and he says that that, that master's coming in the day when that servant does not expect and at an hour that he does not know. Now, here's what we see. If you are unprepared, you're not ready, you're not watching, what he's saying is probably you are an evil servant, and he's going to reveal that you're really no servant at all, that you don't belong to him. We need to pay close attention. Look again at verse 50. The Lord of that servant, when he comes, he's coming in a day which he, that is that servant, did not expect, and in the hour that he does not know. And what is the Lord going to do? He says, and he will cut him into pieces. Now, for some, 
They, they, they can't accept a, a savior. Their view of the Messiah, of the Christ, is very different. That he's gentle, that he's never angry, that there's only grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. That's not the biblical Messiah. Now, he's all those things, but when he comes back again, he's coming back as the lion. And he is going to bring and display the wrath. Now, it's called the wrath of the lamb, but people think it's coming from a lion because he is going to do what? This is not a matter of interpretation. This is what the word of God says, and that's why it's so dangerous. When people say, oh, I emphasize the New Testament, that's fine. I emphasize all scripture. But the problem is many people who say, oh, I, I, I'm a New Testament believer. I am too. But what they do is only teach and only reveal and share certain things in the New Testament. Notice what it says. It says that when his Lord comes, it's going to do something. It says he's going to cut him into pieces and place his portion with who? Such an important word, with the hypocrites. Now, hypocrites, they say one thing, but their actions reveal something totally different. And what that word hypocrite tells us is that they were never truly believers. And what will Messiah do when he comes? The scripture says it's not an issue of interpretation, just reading it. He says that he's going to come and his wrath is going to be poured out. And here in this case, it says he will take him that evil servant, that servant who beats other believers, who associates with drunkards and such, who do not have a testimony that's not waiting in faithfulness and in wisdom for Messiah's return. This one's going to be cut into pieces and to be placed, his portion will be placed with the hypocrites. Now, there's one other point we need to make before we close, and that's this. Your eternal home is going to be one of two locations. You will either spend eternity in the New Jerusalem, or you will spend eternity outside the New Jerusalem. And what is outside? Darkness. And darkness in the scripture is oftentimes associated with fear. So you will send, spend eternity in darkness. Scriptures say that. Here it says that you will do so in weeping. Weeping is an expression of shame, of sorrow, of sadness. You will be, if you're not in the New Jerusalem, you will be in a state of eternal shame, sorrow, despair. And what else? Not only is there outside there where there is weeping and, notice the next thing, gnashing of the teeth. What is that an expression of? It is an expression of suffering and pain. So you choose. You can either have darkness, weeping, sorrow, and suffering, or you can have paradise, the blessings of God, the goodness of God for eternity, where in the new Jerusalem. And it all has to do with one thing, and that is what you do with Messiah Yeshua and his gospel. Make the right decision. 
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. <laughs>